Amen. Amen. We greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let us just turn to our Bible, First Samuel. It's just an apology from Brother Philip and Brother Dibadi. Amen. Brother Dibadi might join us a bit later. Amen. First Samuel 30, from verse 1. Samuel 30 from verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Anon and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved. Or the soul, because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Let's bow. It's gracious, Heavenly Father. We want to thank you this evening. You have made it possible for us to meet in this manner. Dear God, it is only by grace, especially in the end time, when we can still have just the hunger for the weight. We live in a time where people are very distant and somewhat unresponsive to your weight. And Lord, for us in our inner being to still have the desire to say we want to hear what God has to say, it is by grace, dear God. We could have gone the way of the world. We could be doing the things that the world is doing. And Lord, not only that, there are people in the end time have come in contact with the message, but still would opt to live any kind of life that they deem right in their own eyes. But we thank God for the burden that you have put upon the real seed. People that would want to seek your will people that would want their ways to be approved by you, people that seek your approval in whatever they do. And Lord, we are here not to listen to a man, but we are here to listen to the the oracles of the living God. This weight shapes us. This weight molds us. This weight guides us. This weight leads us. 
this way to protect us. Whatever is needed is right in the word. And at no point in time, dear God, we are going to take you speaking to us casually. We realize the gravity of the weight. We realize the sensitivity of the time in which we are living in. There's a great falling away that is taking place. But Heavenly Father, I don't care how great men can fall on the wayside. I don't care how people can become hypocritical. There is a promise that was spoken in your word that there will be a church that will be without spot or wrangle. And as we heard on Sunday, unbelief does not stop God. That church, those men and women will be there. And our desire this morning is that this evening, let everyone in their own heart say, God, let me be part of that number. We sang a song, when the saints go marching in, let it not just be a song. Let it be a confession, not just a confession, but let it be a committed commitment that can be followed through until that day comes. We realize, dear God, we live during a time where rapture is never spoken about, but we believe the world is coming to an end. We believe the rapture is going to take place. And dear God, we are here because we want to prepare for that great day. If there is anyone that is sick and afflicted and discouraged and despondent in our midst, I believe there is enough remedy in the wait to be able to encourage them, to lift them up, to heal them, dear God, to resolve their problems, to dislodge Satan in his position. I believe whatever is needed is available in this service. And I commit every man and woman as I commit myself to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may take your seats. Amen. We'll just take a couple of minutes and speak on overcoming criticism. Amen. Overcoming criticism. Amen. If you have never been criticized, you have never done anything noteworthy. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll repeat that. If you have never been criticized, you have never done anything meaningful. Uh, Amen. Though the moment you do something, anything that you do, is bound to attract criticism. We are told that the best way to avoid criticism is simply to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. Amen. But I guess even in your nothingness, somebody will find a way to criticize you. Amen. Uh, I'm told, they say, even if you were to lie on the floor for people to step on you, some people will still complain that you are not flat enough. Uh, Amen. It means, what I'm painting, I'm painting a picture that criticism is inevitable. It's unavoidable. Uh, But when it comes, it, it does sting. 
there is a difference between slander and criticism. Uh, slander is based on is not based on anything tangible. It's just somebody that just hates you and says some bad stuff about you uh, that it's easily dismissible. But criticism, it has an element of truth in it. That is why any criticism, as much as we say you overcome criticism, but you've got to pause and say, is there any grain of truth in the criticism, are we together? Because criticism shapes. Imagine if we had a, a government that was not subjected to criticism; it was going to be a mess. Criticism, as much as it needs to be overcome, but is there to bring things that are on your blind spot, so that you can deal with the shortcomings that are coming there. Are we together? Uh, I hope we are together this evening. We, I remember when we, when we were, we were in this building, we, we had some walls that were broken. It, this used to be a house. And I remember when, when the walls were to be broken, we got some gentlemen uh, uh, that were I think they originally from Mozambique that came and just to come and destroy the walls and it, um, I was amazed because when they broke down the walls I asked them I say do you know how to build they said no we don't know how to build we know how to demolish uh, are we together and after they demolished, then we went to find people that can build. Are we together? People that criticize, a lot of times they don't build anything. It is easy to demolish than to build. Are we together? Do you get the principle there? Uh, I hope we are together this evening and we'll get into the quotations here. John Wesley we are told that there was a time he came to church and as he was preaching, he had a bow tie. And as he preached, and there was a particular woman that her focus was just on this bow tie. And after the service, uh, the woman approached John Wesley and said, listen, I think the strings of your tie are too long. And John Wesley, uh, uh, there was a group of women that were just with nearby, he said to those women and said, uh, do, you, do you have a pair of scissors? And one pulled out a pair of scissors and said, give to this woman. He pulled out the bow tie, handed over to the woman and said, adjust the strings the way you would want them to be adjusted. You can cut them. Then she cut the strings and John Wesley observed and after she handed the bow tie back to John Wesley, then John Wesley said, uh, Ma'am, I don't mean to be rude, but I as well would want to correct you. Uh, I think you've got a long tongue. Do you mind if I cut your tongue? Hallelujah. Uh, Obviously, he did not carry on with that. 
but he was driving a point home that sometime you've got to do unto people as you would want them to do unto you. Are we together? And I'll give some examples so that you understand where I'm going. A woman and a man pulled over in a filling station and a petrol attendant comes and he says, can I clean your windscreen? He cleans the windscreen. And once he's done, the man says, but you haven't done anything. The windscreen is still dirty. The guy tried as hard as he can to clean the windscreen, but the, the driver was adamant it is still dirty until the woman pulled the spectacles off the man. And that's when he realized the windscreen was clean, but it was the, pest- the spectacles that had dust. What does it mean, folks? We look at people and we interpret people based on who we are. Are we together? You know, a thief believes that everybody is a thief by virtue of him being a thief. Are we together? So how you interpret your outlook towards life reflects who you are. Are you with me? Now, coming back to, uh, and why, why do I want to speak to this and I would want to help you? You are not going to be doing anything meaningful until you have developed a thick skin. The ability to stand with your conviction when conditions are unfavorable. You look at Moses, we'll get into his life. He as well withstood criticism. Uh, you look at Elijah, he withstood criticism. You look at Brother Branham, he withstood criticism. Now, just to give a background to the text that we just read, or maybe before I get to there, Brother Branham says in this message, healing and what sickness is, he says, and before any picture can be painted, before it's painted, any masterpiece, First, it has to go through the wall of critics, pass all these critics. Then if it passes those critics, then it's hung in a wall of fame. But a lot of times we would want to be hung in the wall of fame without being subjected to criticism. Are we together? But the Brother Branham says even the church has got to go through critics before it can be hung in the wall of fame. Are we together? Now, coming to the text that we just read, the background was, this mean David was on the run from Saul, and he had been identified as the king, as the future king of Israel, or had already been anointed, but not yet appointed. Now, when he was there, then he went into alliance with the king, uh, of the Philistines and when he went into the alliance after they had gone to fight there the Amalekites came and invaded their area and when they invaded their area they kept they captured their women and their children and captured everything that was treasurable to them and they left and they bent down Ziklag so these men they were coming back from a battle you can imagine coming back from a battle, you are, you are tired, you are exhausted. The battle has taken a toll on you and they are looking forward to, to a period of rest. 
they are looking forward to meeting up with their wives and just uh, taking it easy after the battle that they actually even they did not fight the battle while the battle was raging they were released because one of the war veterans of the Philistines were suspicious that we cannot fight with the Israelites with these people being part of us what if they turn on us are we together now when they were coming they tired then they see the smoke coming out of Ziklag now they realized when they got there, they found that their wives and children were not there. This men, the Bible says, they wept until they had no more power to weep. When a man weeps to a point where he can't weep anymore, you must know that the pain is intense. You must know that he is affected to the core of his being. These men were, were, were shattered. And while they were shattered and cried, immediately they looked for a scapegoat. And the scapegoat in this case, it was David. And they said, it is because of this man. But remember, David's wives had already had also been captured. But they did not care that he shared the same pain. They looked and said, it is because of this man. And they, until David realized that they were about to stone him, but the Bible says David did not retaliate. The Bible says David turned his focus to the Lord. What does it mean? When you are subjected to criticism, the temptation always is to retaliate. If you retaliate somewhat, you, 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 you flow at the, fly at the same level as the critic. The best way is to rise above criticism and focus on the Lord. Are we together? And it says, when he focused on the Lord, then David encouraged himself in the Lord. Are we together? David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Are we together? And what does it mean, folks? It means that whenever you are subjected to critics or criticism, the best way is to keep on doing what you are doing. Hallelujah. There is a saying in, in song, I say, the works you speak. So that means if you are being subjected to criticism about anything that you are doing, do it to your best ability. Hallelujah. That's why Brother Brenham says the church is subjected to criticism, but he says one day the critic's mouth shall be shut. Amen. Why? It's because this church is being molded, developed into the perfect stature of a perfect man. And one day the critics will say, goodness, we were criticizing this, but look at the results. Hallelujah. Are we together? This evening, the message is under attack. But we, we, we need not to retaliate. All we are simply saying, all the people that attack the message, I always tell them, I say, I don't worry about that. What I'm worried is show me the results in your life since you have left the message and let me compare the results. Are we together? And let me compare your life when you were still in the message and your life after you have left the message. There is raised a difference. And a lot of times, unfavorably so. Are we together? Now, let me just read something here about what, because we, we want to help you. Brother Brenham in the message, testimony, 
I think he preached this on the 2nd of September, 1953, paragraph 14. He says, God is the one who does the election and the calling. It's just our business to preach the gospel. Is that right? God does the calling. One plants, another one waters, and God takes the increase. So that means the planter and the water, and they were the one that waters, they know their position. And it says, I remember it was a very hard thing at first when I first started out preaching divine healing. Oh my, I remember what the bishop of the church told me. Why? He said, Billy, you had a nightmare. You saw an angel. I said, I don't appreciate that, uh, Brother uh, uh, Davis. To me, it's sacred. It means a lot to me. He said, you mean you, with your grammar school education, is going to pray for kings and monarchs? I said, that's what he said, and it will be that way. And he said, go on, Billy. So I said, no, I'll just give you my fellowship card while I'm standing here because I'm not going to be using it anymore, I'm afraid. So he said, oh, I wouldn't think that way. But I said, well, we just might as well. I said, if God is sending me, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to receive it. Are we together? They're having a discussion with the bishop of his local church. He says, I've seen an angel. The bishop says, no, not a chance. It must have been a nightmare. But he says, the angel told me, I'm going to pray for the kings and the monarchs. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the, the, Davis looked at him and says, no, it was just a nightmare. He says, I don't appreciate what you are saying. To me, it was sacred. I know it was an angel. He says, but while at it, here's my fellowship card. I'm done. I'm following what God is calling me to. I'm going to preach divine healing. Are we together? So when you look at Brother Branham, you think that it was is actually in one message he says, he actually told him that you will be preaching to the four walls of the church. No one will believe what you are saying. But we know 40 or 50 years later, the ministry, he went around the world seven times, preached gospel in different places. The power of God was manifested in his ministry. He went to India. As soon as he got there, he picked up the soil and said, God, give me every soul in the land of India. What an authority. But he did not come to that level first. He had to go through a series of critics. He had to develop a, a thick skin and to be able to withstand the things that were spoken about him until today, wherever you look, Congo, Zimbabwe, China, wherever you find the message. Why? Somebody had to have the strong conviction that what God has told me, it will never fade. Are we together? And today we can bring uh, Dr. Davis, if we were to bring him and say, look at Congo alone, two million message believers. Are we together? Look at Zimbabwe. Look at South Africa. Look at China. The King James Version has been translated by message believers, distributed in China by message believers, inspired by William Brenham. What happened? He did not listen to the critics. And if our prophet never listened to the critics, the church must never listen to the critics. Are we together? Because why? As I was with Moses, so I shall I be with you. Are you still with me? Brother Branham speaks about this man. Maybe let me read a quotation in the message, The Key to the Door, preached on the 7th of October, 1962, paragraph 47. He says, not many years ago, there was a man that believed that he had a talent to write comics 
comic strips, you know, comics. Madam and Eve, you, some of you that read it, uh, we together. He believed he held the key in his hand. He believed he held the key in his hand. He lived in, uh, in Kansas. He went to the editor of the great paper in Kansas City and took some of his writings in. And the editor said, Sir, you just haven't got it. You, there is no need of trying. You can't do it. How many have ever been told that? You can't do it. And they, and, they pick up, and they pick up something that is real in your life. They pick up something in your background and say, on the basis of this, I don't think you can make it. And says, this gentleman was told, you can't make it. He doesn't have him got it. But that didn't satisfy him. He knew he had it. He went back again and again trying, but the editor would turn him down over and over again. Finally, he went to other places. They turned him down and said, Mister, you just haven't got it. You can't do it. But yet he believed he could do it. That's the way he's got something in his hand. Finally, he got the job of writing some little script for, I believe, the editorial of some church and some sort of a little comic strip for the church. And he rented himself a little rat or mice-infested garage where the mice was running all over the place and everything and in his sheets. He's in a garage. Rats are running all over, jumping on top of his papers. Look where God is taking the men to. What you consider to be an irritation is beginning to be a stepping stone. Are we together? He says, he rented, and I'm saying in your life, check what irritates you. God is using your irritation to nudge you in a certain direction. Are we together? If maybe you are irritated by people being in sin, and maybe you are an evangelist. Are we together? Maybe if you are you're worried about that people's prayer life is lukewarm, maybe you're a prayer warrior, you've got to pray. Are we together? If God shows you an irritation, there must be something that you do about it. Can I get an amen on that? And he said, finally, he got the job of writing for this church some sort of a little comic strip for the church. He rented himself a little rat or mice infested garage where the mice was running all over the place and everything in his sheets. And he got to noticing a peculiarity of a certain little mouse. Hallelujah. Among those mice, there is a particular one that had a certain peculiarity. And I say, that, that mouse was sent as an inspiration. Hang on, you are going to see where it's going. That is where, listen to it, that is where the story of McMouse was born. Now it's a multimillionaire Walt Disney. Why? He had something in his hand. He knew he held it. He knew he could do it. That's the way every great achievement is made. When men and women have something in their hand and they know that they can do it. Hallelujah. But before you get there, you're going to go through irritations. Before you get there, you're going to be subjected to criticism. But as you spoke on Sunday, unbelief can never stop God. God will bring things to inspire you, to take you and propel you to greater health. 
Are you here with me? Are you still with me? Amen. Does it help you? Now, criticism, have we all been criticized before? Amen. Criticism, if, if you are criticized, but let me say something about a critic. There's a statement that a, a certain man spoke, I think it's Dr. D. Han. I loved it when I saw it. He, he said it is a, a dead giveaway when you meet a person who's always criticizing and finding fault with another brother. 99 times out of 100, he's trying to divert attention from his own sins by pointing an accusing finger at someone else. A critic shifts attention from themselves to somebody else. Are we together? Let's look at the elder brother. Prodigal son comes back. The elder brother says, but this man, he spent his inheritance, his heritage on righteous living with hallows. And my question is, because the prodigal son never told the elder brother what he had gone through, how did he know that this brother did what he did? That means this thing was in him. A critic sees you, are we together? Or, or, or sometimes your criticism of people is a reflection of who you are. Are you, are you together, church? And maybe while at it, especially in a, a church environment is a very interesting environment. And I, over the years, I've always uh, tried my best that uh, such spirit, we need to suppress it. When a brother makes a mistake, it is not an opportunity for another brother to glorify themselves by the mistake of the brother. I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite unresponsive, uh, uh, and, and rightly so. If somebody comes to me and criticizes somebody, I, I don't respond very well because in my system tells me that this is exactly what you would do when I'm not around. What, what, what makes me or what encourages me is when somebody says, Pastor, I found this person in distress and this is how I've helped them. I'm just letting you know that this is how it was resolved. So this person, it takes accountability. Uh, are we together? If, if you are in a war and you find a soldier being shot, you don't go around and say, I, I just saw him, he dropped, he's, he's injured down the road. We're going to see you are a wrong soldier. But if we see you coming with, uh, with him around your arm, with blood oozing all over, and you, your, his blood upon your clothes, and you say, I'm trying to help the brother, that is the kind of people that we want. 
are we together? It is much easier to push somebody down than to lift somebody out of the pit. Are you here, people? Are we together? I hope we are together. Amen. Now, let me come here. Are you still with me? When I've seen people being subjected, and I've, I've as well have, have had instances where I'm mishandled criticism because you learn as you grow in life. And I, I picked up that sometimes when you are, if, if there is a critic and he criticizes you, sometimes the criticism may not be correct, but your response to the criticism may be equally wrong to the criticism. Are we together? So what does it mean? A critic rises up to criticize you. Your response to the critic, the first thing that we go into is self-defense. And a lot of times, how do we do a self-defense? Then you as well profile the critic and say, no, even him, one, two, three. Are we together? Then later on, you develop bitterness towards the critic. And the bitterness is not going to destroy the critic. The bitterness is going to destroy you. Are we together? I'm saying sometime you can be mistreated. And after you have been mistreated, how you have been mistreated derails you and turns you into what you are not supposed to be because you have failed to handle the mistreatment. I, I, I don't know whether we're together here. There are people that are going around with bitterness, with emotional baggage, but it is not their baggage. Somebody said a statement, but they did not know how to react to that statement. And as a result, it developed a bitterness in them, and not long, it makes them to be sick based on some of that what somebody said. This evening, I want to say, no critic is too important to be taken seriously about you until you get sick because of a critic. There's only one person that is important, God and God alone. I don't know whether we're together here. And as you move in life, you need to start. Some people cannot progress anywhere in life because they have the optics of their own critics. And let me tell you something. It is very easy to subject somebody to criticism. And it is very easy to control somebody with criticism. If I can say to Brother Abraham, and I meet him on the Wednesday, and I say, ah, oh, brother, how are you? Can I have a wait with you just a, a few minutes? And he comes and I say, brother, wow, you are losing weight. Is there a problem? He initially say, no, there's no problem, brother, Pastor, I'm fine. Next week I say, brother Abraham, but now it is becoming worse. What is happening, my brother? Then the third week I say, brother, Definitely something you need to get it to check it out. Not long when he stands in front of the mirror, 
my, if he accepts my ways, he begins to see himself that there is a problem. But there was no problem until he accepted something that came out of him, inside of him, then it sinks him. Are we together? There's a statement that sheep, a sheep is not sunk by the waters outside, it's sunk by the waters that come inside. What will sink you is the criticism that you accept for no reason. There are times where you need to push back and say, it is not like that. Are we together? Criticism, over time, there's a criticism that I normally do not entertain. We call it mass manipulation. Psychologists would call it that. It's when somebody comes to you and says, Brother Grace, people say, a lot of time I say, hang on. I'm not interested. Who do men say I am? Who do you say I am? Are we together? Because when somebody say people, they don't want to take... If people were saying that, where were you? What made them to be comfortable to say that to you, not to me? And a lot of time, when you follow it up, you find that he's got a shareholding in that rumor. Are we together? So, I'm teaching you people, don't just accept any negativity that comes your way. Certain things have got to be sent back to the sender and say, I will not accept this nonsense. Because anything that you open yourself up to, it can pollute you. It pollutes your spirit, it pollutes your soul, and in a certain, to a certain extent, it pollutes your body. Are you still with me? The worst thing that you can do is to hate the critic. That is a natural reaction. There are there are churches where people don't talk to each other. This one avoids that one. And I always say, a lot of times I was sharing with other brethren, when people are not busy, people talk a lot. A gossiper, a lot of times you would find that is a person that is not busy with anything. They've got too much time at their disposal. But somebody that is engaged and doing something meaningful, they've got no time for what do the people say. Are we together? A response, hating a critic does not solve the problem. It puts you in the same box as the critic the Bible says, love thy enemies. And how you, how you, how you deal with your critic, be, be nice to your critic. Be civil to your critic. Wish your critic very well. Pray for your critic. Encourage your critic. Support your critic. I've just said things that are quite impossible for a lot of people to do. When you do that, you are exhibiting God's character. 
When you hate a critic, as much as the critic could be wrong, you are exhibiting the devil's character. Are we with me? Sometimes the best way to a critic, I've seen when you drive a car, the only time when you hear that the dog is bugging is when the car is not moving. But as soon as the car moves, you don't hear the dog bugging. But the dog could be following the car. But because you are focused on the journey, you are not focusing on the dog. And that is how we need to do it in life. If somebody barks at you, you keep on keeping on with the journey. Are we together? Brother Brum said, don't stop for nothing. Are we together? Because when you stop, you're going to be affected. I know people, even here, people, many people wanted to do this and that. A critic just mentioned a statement, you stopped. And if God has given you a task to complete, the worst excuse that you can give him is to say, somebody discouraged me. God is not interested in that. When he gave you that task, he knows that there's going to be people that are going to discourage you. But he, the reason he gave you the task, he trusts you that you will rise above criticism and carry on doing what he said you must do. And any time when God tells you to do something and you don't do it, and you stop because a critic said something, you are no longer worshipping God, you are worshipping a critic. Am I with you, people? Moses, a great prophet, pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. Look at the criticism. Even the most painful one is when Moses got married to, uh, is it Zapora? A, 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 a Kushite. And they began to say, our brother, what, what happened? Aaron and Miriam, the family, got together. A criticism that comes from far is not going to steam. It is a criticism that comes from your inner cycle that is going to steam. It, the Israelites didn't have a problem, but a brother and a sister had a problem. And we know, we'll say it for what it is. They had a problem because she was black. They had a problem with the color of her skin. But look what God did. He says, because you treasure such a pale skin, I'm going to give you leprosy so that your skin becomes even more paler. Are we together? God is not a respecter of any person. He is a respecter of his weight. And a lot of times, those that criticize you, they don't criticize you. They criticize God. You remain with God, and God will take sides with his weight. Are we together? I hope we are together. Amen. Now, David, what a, what a monumental discouragement. After tragedy had struck, men wept until they could not weep anymore and they needed a scapegoat to turn to. And David was a scapegoat. What they failed to see is that David's children, uh, wives, were as well taken. 
David was bothered by the reaction of these men. He had suffered loss as much as they did. His heart was broken that the people had turned their backs on him. They had made him a scapegoat. And as we say, the critic uses his criticism as a means of raising himself in the eyes of others. And criticism, it's a reflection of low self-esteem. And you use it to prop yourself up. Critic, a criticism, any criticism that comes, it is meant to lift the critic and to degrade the one that is being criticized. Now, you that is listening to the critic, there is a constructive criticism, there is a destructive criticism. Constructive criticism is when you are not doing something right and somebody comes to you directly. Doesn't go to the next person, comes to you directly and say, listen, I think here there's a problem. Maybe we need to sort it out because it is not right. I have observed every constructive criticism has got ownership. I have observed and I think this is what must happen. A destructive one is no ownership. A lot of time does not come to you. It comes to Brother Clement. And it moves from Brother Clement to another one. Are we together? But I'm saying believers are the people in my life I've never been afraid to confront things head on because I would appreciate people if they've got an issue to come to me directly. Are we together? And that's why I don't entertain if somebody say, I've heard or people say, I'm, I don't live my life on the terms of the people. And I'm saying you as an individual, don't live your life on the terms of the people. Live your life on the terms of the weight. What does the weight say? How do you look at your life? Is it the same way that God looks at your life? Not the way the critics look at your life. The critic has got nothing to offer to you except to bring you down. But God's weight will lift you up. And in life, I said this on Sunday. I said, you need to guard your inner cycle. Your inner, and sometimes you, there are times where you need to, is it the English way to fumigate your inner cycle? Fumigation is when you've got, is it cockroaches? that needs to be fumigated. There are times when your inner circle has got to be fumigated, especially when negative elements crop up. People that you spend time with, they, they, they don't add any value. They don't, they, don't, they don't solidify you in any way. They drain you. Then it's time for you to fumigate your inner circle. What I'm saying, spiritually speaking, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you are an eagle, you feed on eagle food. And that means you need to hang out with eagles. Are we together? You cannot, hang out, you cannot be an eagle and hang out with chicken and feed on chicken feet. It does not work. That means something is wrong. Imagine a fellowship between a chicken and eagle. An eagle feels that today 
I just want us to spend half of the day above the clouds. The chicken looks and says, listen, you are making yourself better. We, we are here and we have always been here. Why would you want to go there? It's because the nature does not dovetail. But you want to, an eagle wants to say to another eagle and say, today we are going to spend half a day above the cloud. And another eagle say, no, actually half a day is nothing. Let's go for the whole day. Are we together? That means there is a dovetailing of nature. And similarly, when you bring people in your inner circle, look at the people that can affirm what you want to be. If you are a believer and your circle is full of unbelievers, they are going to criticize you. And young ones hear me out. In life, if you can bear with anyone that criticizes your faith, that criticizes your God, and you bear with them, you are going nowhere. The moment somebody criticizes how you are dressed, then I tell you, they have reduced themselves from your inner cycle. Then you need to fumigate your inner cycle. You need to push them out and bring the people that can reaffirm who you are. What do you do when you figure out that there is a snake in the house? Do we sleep and wait until tomorrow morning and say, we'll look for it? No, we turn the place ups and down. It has to be killed. But why are believers able to withstand the wrong influence and say, it's not a big deal, I'll see what I can do about it. And not long, it destroys you. You are where you are today because of the company that you kept. You, are, you either will arrive where you are going or you will not arrive based on the company that you keep. The company that you keep shapes you. Remarks that they make about in your life they shape you. And there are people, some people that you can be friends with, they desensitize you to the weight. Until they tell you that, do you always just talk about the Bible and Christianity? And Can't we talk about something else? They want to desensitize and make the word of God to be of none effect yes. in your life. He who keeps company with Wise men become wise. He who keeps company with foolish men is destroyed. Are we together? And David did not retaliate. David, he humbled himself and sought the face of the Lord and he encouraged himself. And everybody was negative around him. And how do you encourage yourself? I was talking to somebody that was quite discouraged. And I said, let's, let's just travel down in your life. When you were born, when you came into the message, how many battles you fought. 
And I said, had you not been a message believer, do you think you would have overcome the battles that you overcame? I said, let's go to high school. Who are the people that you knew in high school that are still around and still sane? She deducted the number. I said, let us go to tertiary. She deducted the number. I said, then what made you to stand throughout? Then she said, that is the message of the hour. And I said, then what sustains you must be preserved by you. And if somebody comes and criticizes it, you must say, you don't know where this thing found me. You don't know how it preserved me over time. And by so doing, you will rise above negativity. You will rise above criticism. Criticism is going to come. You're going to be, some criticism you're going to be, your church fellow people can criticize you. Your family can criticize you. Some, even your partner, marriage partner can criticize you. Look at Job. Job discouraged. Everything goes haywire until the friends came and said, you must have done something wrong. There's no way that things can go the way they are going. Something you must have come you needed to confess. But Job realized that my heart and my life is right with God. But look, the last thing is when the wife turned around and said, you actually, even your breath stinks. The person, and I think initially the wife must have supported, and sisters, when we say the wife, we're not saying wives are bad. Even brothers can discourage. But in this case, it was the sister. And until she said, no, but your breath is stinking. Until the wife disowned and said, why don't you curse God and die? What a a statement. John turns around, Job turns around and says, I'd rather curse the day on which I was born than to curse God. And in closing, here is my question. What is it that you are meant to do that God has made to you be your life's mission that you have stopped because you fear to be criticized? What are the things that you put on hold because you are afraid somebody may say something? And if those things are on hold, and God has put a burden on you, and you are not doing it, one day you are going to account for it. And saying I was afraid of people, it is not good enough. There is an English saying that says, the tallest tree catches the most wind. That means if you are going to do something meaningful, inevitably you are going to attract criticism. But I'm saying if God is with us, who can be against us? God bless you, Rich. I love him. I love him because he first loved me.
as as brother what comes Thank you, Father God, tonight, O oh God, we want to thank you, O oh God, that we could come, O oh God, and sit again in your presence, O oh God. Heavenly Father God, that we could come, O oh God. Father God, and that you'd come, O oh God, and address us in a simple way, O oh God. But, O oh God, in a manner, O oh God, that, O oh Lord, we could have, Father God, easily, O oh God, succumbed to criticism oh god mm. father god we could have dropped out on the wayside oh god because oh lord we listen to the critics oh god mm. father god we get offended by them oh god mm. father god not understanding oh god that sometimes oh god father god it is your way oh god to keep us in line oh god father god it's your way oh god to open our eyes oh god father god to help us to stay focused oh god Father God, for oh Lord, it's so easy, O oh God. Father God, to believe, O oh God, someone that is short-sighted, O oh God. Mm. Father God, to believe someone that 
that does not know oh god where our destiny is oh god mm. if he says the the road is coming to an end father god but yet oh god around the bend oh god mm. is our portion oh god that's right and tonight oh god we thank you oh god father lord god that you'd come oh god and father god what a simple message oh god father god just reignite us again oh god mm. father god for oh lord father some of us oh god are in the midst of a storm oh god mm. some of us oh god are uh father god so close to victory oh god mm. father god and some of us oh god father god overcame oh god mm. but because of the critics oh god father god we we could not see oh god we cannot celebrate our victory tonight mm. oh god But tonight oh God we say thank you oh God thank you, thank you Lord Father for you opened our eyes again oh God Father and we love you tonight oh God we thank you oh God for our dear precious pastor that came oh God and stood in the gap oh God yes. Father God we pray your blessing over him oh God bless his family oh God Father we pray oh God your blessing over each and every one of us tonight oh God Father we pray oh God for those that could not make it oh God yes. Father God where we go over over the next few days oh god before sunday oh god mm. father god may we go oh god father and may we go and identify oh god those little critics oh god that tries to derail us oh god mm. father god and may we pinpoint the devil and say oh no devil we overcame already yes. father because you Thank said oh you, god friend. we are more than overcomers oh god we are victorious oh god and we thank you lord father you are faithful oh god father we know lord that your promises oh god shall stand oh god and we take those promises oh god yes. and we claim our victory tonight so in the far. name of jesus we pray amen amen god bless you amen you can give us a song till we see you on sunday have a blessed week of what remains of it amen
Amen. Magabong, we let him be praised. Jehovah, what a mighty warrior, great and better, and after you are dismissed.